ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Are you ready? Marks and Smarks this is the Smarky Las Filipinas podcast. You're listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. Stunning Stancy at your service, uh, right behind me in my 5 o'clock, <laughs> Ravishing Ro Moran. <laughs> and joining us uh, this week in place of Rowdy Raf Camus, we have our good buddy Renzo Magnaye. Hey, what's up, guys? Great to have you back on the podcast, Renzo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, um, what's on the agenda today? Yeah, all business, this guy. What a guy. Wait, wait where's Camus anyway? Uh, he's stuck at work. Yeah, being no a, fancy excuses today. Yeah, being a corporate schmuck again. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, we, no, we're no, coming no, off. No. I know, I know. I was, I was well, about, we've started the week already, so it's okay. I guess. Uh, lots of things happen in the world of wrestling. That's an understatement. I guess I want to talk about this really quickly. Uh. David Shoemaker is no longer with Cheap Heat, uh. and we're assuming he's no longer with ESPN either because he's now oh, joined. Shampere. Yeah, he's now joined uh, <laughs> HBO's The Ringer. Uh, Bill Simmons is basically Grandland 2.0. Uh, where does this leave Cheap Heat, which is one of my favorite podcasts? I have no idea. Um, I've been. I find it funny then, that we're talking about another podcast in this podcast. I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, I get it. I, I mean, like we're fans, sure, but uh, it's so weird to me. Eh, why not? Uh, well, one good reason to talk about them is because as of recording, we're actually one spot above them. Yun. Wow. We're at number 37 to their number 38 in the sports and rec section. And it doesn't happen a lot that we get the, to beat these notable names. So it's a small victory, but a victory we'll take nonetheless. It's a Philippine star. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, you have, you have to make it you know, clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, um, uh, congratulations, David Shoemaker. Looking forward to reading more of your stuff. He actually released his first article today. So I'm su- I've subscribed to the Ringer newsletter. I can pull it up for you. Um, oh, that's, that's an, uh, that thing is a godsend, but it's so... It's just a little bit hassle to read because you have to go out of your way and then check your inbox every day to read the stuff, which is actually it's nice to say it's a no. It's right now it's like uh, Grantland better. Um, you just get bite-sized pieces of what you normally would read back on the, on the site before, but obviously it's the same stuff you'd expect in the Ringer. But I don't mean you have to seek out the the newsletter on your inbox. Yeah. And um, it, it's interesting, like now you know, um, it looked exactly the same as Grantland used to, you know, like with the same yeah, font, yeah. same links, and all that shit. So it's it's a nice familiar feeling. Yeah, problem is that the article. Yeah, so you don't get those two thousand five hundred word entries that you know you you used to, but it, it'll probably come in time. Anyway, uh, let's fine. Let's talk about uh, the Raw after Mania. Um, I guess in a nutshell, the Raw after Mania was insane, mm-hmm. right? Uh, no doubt about it. Um, everything that. Well, didn't well not necessarily could or should have happened at WrestleMania, happened at the Raw after Mania. 
What do you think, Renzo? You, you've seen Raw After Mania, right? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, so uh, you, you come into Raw After Mania, you have some expectations. So. Yeah, Before we ask him about Raw After Mania, why don't we ask him about WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah, fine, fine. Uh, you were at the viewing party. <laughs> yes, I was. And uh, that was your Mike. first viewing party. That was my first viewing party. That was my first WrestleMania since 20. And it Damn, was a, son. Yeah. <laughs> Where have you 20? been? <laughs> 12 years. It's, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we were all there. We, we, I mean, Ro came fashionably late. He was the cool guy who came in late. <laughs> oh, no, I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> but I didn't it, mean it that way. I mean, I was actually re-watching WrestleMania 32, and I noticed that a lot of the hype that I was feeling for a lot of what happened came... Also from the energy around me, uh-huh. you know. So, I, looking back, not not that WrestleMania 32 was bad, but I kind of saw what the critics meant a lot more. Of, you know, when they were talking bad about WrestleMania 32, because initially I was like, "What? It was awesome. We were having so much fun. There were so many crazy spots, and Zack Ryder freaking won." You know, so it wasn't that bad. But when I was watching again, yeah, I mean, there were some like, especially the Rock segment. That was just. That was just weird. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's easy there. to it's easy to get caught up in the moment. Um, that's why I haven't really re I don't really rewatch anything because uh, a second time around is a little harder to watch. But uh, you're lucky because um, it's well for me it's kind of rare. And I would be caught up in the moment even on the first watching because um, I don't know my brain is always on, and it's something that I've it's kind of like a callus that I've grown. Uh, for all in all this time watching wrestling, so I'm um, good for you that you were still able to at least keep the energy in the first you know, go around. True. I mean, this is my first WrestleMania in like a long time, so I mean, I guess I haven't felt the and I haven't yeah, legit true. you know watched with other wrestling yeah. fans in a long time. So. How was that experience for you? That was great. I mean, I, I I took videos of of the the bar's reaction when Shane jumped off the cell. It was I was showing my dad and everything. I felt like <laughs> like the little kid again. It was awesome. I mean, I, you know, I think that's one of the things we kind of want to bring to the table. Right? Every time we have these viewing parties, it's just to get that camaraderie, get that, uh, that feeling. And for us wrestling fans, these huge events are few and far between. Mm-hmm. And for good reason. So the, uh, when they happen, it's just extra special. I, I guess I just wish uh, for all of the people who uh, had their first time at 32, nah, they got to experience 31. Or not necessarily experience 31. I just wish nah, they experienced a better WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, okay, you can you can have fun and then you know be hyped at that WrestleMania. But if you you know like like what you said, if you look back and rewatch like without all the energy, and then you see that it doesn't really hold up. Sayang dene, like you wish that <clears throat> you wish that you could have something like WrestleMania Thirty One that was as crazy when you know when we were all marking out when Seth Rollins cashed in oh, in the middle man. of the match. That, that would have been a nice. Uh, that that could have been a nice thing to look back to. Yeah, but uh, now since we're on the subject, we we are talking about WrestleMania and how um, it wasn't as good as thirty one, or you know the feelings, uh, the, the taste in our mouth afterwards wasn't as good as um, as thirty one or any other WrestleMania. Let's talk about the Raw after that. Okay. Up, there is anticipation Did heading you- into that, right? And um, for the last. Several years, I, I guess since uh, 29 or 28, the Raw after Mania has become must-see television. It just so happens that because WrestleMania 32 wasn't like the best, uh, or you know, wasn't up to par with the past couple of years, it just so happened uh, Raw after this Raw after Mania made it um, became even more must-see. 
Yeah. Because um, we'd all like to see, okay, we'd like to wash that taste out of the mouth, out of our mouth, as you said. So what do, what do they have for us now? And uh, we get that a lot. Um, I think everybody has like this little list of um, of people they expect to appear on the main roster. Oh, but for Raw after Mania, yeah, yeah. I mean, in a way, nagi expectation because of uh, the president over the last few years. So let me ask you, Renzo, who was on your list of NXT uh, guys you expected to get called up, or not even getting called up, or who necessarily who was on your list of, or what was on your list of things that you. Might have expected to happen. Well, I was reading a lot about the past Raw Aftermanias, and the one thing that they described Raw Aftermania with was they just throw the rule book out. I mean, they just go for mm-hmm. whatever. So, in a way, I wasn't really expecting too much of anything, and I was just expecting more of anything, you know, that anything can happen. And it really did, because we saw. I mean, Enzo and Cass, that was just... I mean, I was hoping that they would get called up. I was expecting it because after I saw Roadblock, I yeah. mean, they performed Roadblock, and I kind of figured that, all right, I mean, sooner or later, they're going to show up, and who else? I saw someone tweet that... I mean, obviously, it's a rumor now, but mm. someone said that, oh, Balor might be showing up oh, yeah. with Raw and stuff. That was a big rumor. But it didn't happen, obviously. I mean, where would they even fit him in if he did show up? Mm, that's right? true. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, probably, probably next to the Bullet Club, but the Bullet Club didn't appear either. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, so so all of these debuts happen, all of these call ups happen, plus Cesaro returns oh, in spectacular yes. fashion, mm. yes. I might add, and um, I, I, uh, it boggles the mind, I guess, how you know WWE was very well capable to make us all happy, and yet WrestleMania they weren't able to do that. Before we before we you know di- before we dive into the sad part, why don't we talk about the happy parts? Uh, yeah, fine. Um, where do you want to start? Come, what do you want to start? The happy there's, there's parts so many, of Raw After Mania? Yeah, yeah, the happy parts of Raw After Mania. Sure. There's so many happy parts. Uh, happy Raw parts of Raw After Mania. Yeah, Enzo and Cass. Zack Ryder coming out as Intercontinental Champion. And shortly it. followed by him losing it. Yeah, but we all expected back. that. Yeah, Maurice coming back. That was good. Um, uh, Dare I say Roman's promo? Sure. Dare I say Roman's promo? I guess because it led to the Fatal 4-Way. And, and it led to people noticing that he was kind of taking on a more cocky, a more... You know, I don't mm. really more give a crap. approach. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, no, okay, fine. No, no, no. I fine. actually see it. I actually see that he's slowly turning heel. It's it's something that we've been seeing since I, yeah. he took on the the hoodlum attitude. You know, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so we, it, we've been seeing that uh, it's it's a progression. And if you watch SmackDown this week, the opening promo, he actually is very condescending towards AJ Styles. Really? Yes. So I've seen uh-huh. the opening promo of SmackDown. Wait, SmackDown, It was up pretty early on on Thursday well. in the Philippines. Yeah, so I got to catch the opening segment up until the Lucha Dragons entrance. Okay, okay. I'll so you know, yeah. Um, at least that promo will tell you that Roman Reigns is subtly being nudged in this direction now, which is good because at least people will boo him organically now. And people will boo him organically if you face him against uh, AJ Styles. Oh well, yes, that too. True, that too. <laughs> So uh, speaking of AJ Styles, he is the new uh, the new number one contender. Which did you, uh, did you did you expect this to happen at all? Under, no, under Vince McMahon. No, 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 not at all, and not the, no, not at all, and no, not this soon. Ah, uh, he's been in the WWE what three months? Yeah, three months. Less than three months, and he's now uh, the number one contender. So, in what universe did we expect this to happen? Uh, out of the four guys in that fatal four way match, um, 
would you have put any of the other guys like really ahead of AJ? Yeah, other I than Jer- uh, Jericho is maybe a given. Yeah, I thought I, w- I thought Jericho would have won. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't really see anyone else. I mean, possibly winning other than Styles, to be honest. I mean, I know there's all that history with mm. TNA and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Styles and McMahon, but then, uh, like, where they were in terms of storyline for After Mania, it felt like they couldn't really head in any other direction other than making Styles number one contender. Because then Owens, I guess, still has unfinished business with Zane, Sami yeah. Zayn, and Cesaro just came back. I don't. I mean, but, but that would have that would have been you know a huge pusher. Uh, he, like he has he had so much momentum from the return. True. But all the same, um, wait, Jericho was not in the match. No, he was. He was. He was in the match. Yeah, uh, yeah Jericho. Yeah, was, Jericho. Was, was yeah, Jericho. Cesaro. Zane was not in the match. Yeah. yeah. So they took Zane out, replaced him with Cesaro. Yeah. yeah. I, I gotta say, Cesaro's the only person you could have replaced Sami Zayn with, That's and true. still could have kept the pop. Like, yeah, people yeah, yeah. were like, usually if you know you take out Sami Zayn from a match, they're gonna be like, boo! I don't really care about whoever else you replace him with. But bring out Cesaro, and then they Cesaro. <laughs> I really want one, so you can rip it off. Yeah, <laughs> that was ridiculous. He hasn't awesome. answered me yet. Yeah, that, that was that was just ri- uh, ridiculous. Where I love it. Where the fuck do you buy I, these things? I saw I saw someone say that um, that's his new gimmick. He's like the Swiss Superman. Yeah, so yeah. Just I'd buy that shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Swiss Superman, so it fits well. Plus, uh, they've been likening him to Jason Statham's transporter yeah. gimmick. Oh, yeah. So that would have also fit very well. This should uh, be a new thing. Like after Cesaro, someone else dons the you know so, someone else dons dons tear away clothes. So you have Rock Cesaro, then someone else, and this should be the new thing in written wrestling gear. Yeah, because it started with the Rock, but at WrestleMania, and it makes you wonder why they haven't done it any sooner. Uh, I'm actually no, I'm actually fine with Styles winning uh, the number one contendership because obviously Jericho is not going to agree to to do it. Um, he's uh, even though he's playing a, a really big dick right now, he is really um, he's really uh, generous with the spots, so he wouldn't hog the number one contendership uh, at the main event. And I'm glad that this happened because finally we don't have Styles versus Jericho anymore. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's kind of annoying that there is no fifth match, no rubber match to like break you the tie. You want a fifth match? No, no, no. Really I, want a fifth I, match. I didn't say I wanted a fifth match. I'm just saying now for those who, for those who actually keep track, wait, walang rubber match. But the bigger point na Styles and Jericho is officially over. Yeah. I think that takes precedence. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there can only. Well, there can only be so much, uh, so many Styles Jericho matches unless they finally up the ante somehow. I'm still a little salty about Styles losing at Mania. Yeah, that, that is true. But I guess they made up for it, which we'll get to later. That's true. Because um, there are so many things to address about what happened on WrestleMania and then what happens on Raw and where everything is going. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, what else did you guys like? Um... Apollo Crews Talk about Apollo Crews um, I, There are things I liked And didn't like About the Apollo Crews debut Sure, sure I liked how um, They built him up pretty well Like the announcers Reference his history in oh. NXT He sure had, had to Yeah, he had A, my, a, a small video package oh, Which is yeah. way more Than Enzo and Cass got And they don't need <laughs> it they didn't, yeah, they didn't need one um, I I want uh, I didn't like the fact that One, he squashed Tyler Breeze Because it doesn't say A lot about eh, Tyler Breeze anymore Tyler Breeze <laughs> uh, two, Tyler Breeze Sorry, Two, guys. I don't like that 
yung character niya in Raw, on Raw is the same as his character on NXT. And let me make this comparison. Because when Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky were brought up to the main roster, um, yes, they were kind of the same. Pero right away, they were in a situation or in a story where they were given room to evolve as characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky on the main roster are very different from how they were on NXT. The, the Apollo Crews we're seeing now on Raw, and presumably the one we'll continue to see moving forward, is very much the same happy, smiling, athletic freak we've been seeing that? on NXT. How can you even say that? Because he you know, didn't even get the no. intro. Huh? Yeah, so? No, he didn't get the same. No, no. What you're saying is we're, we're going to be presumably seeing this kind of Apollo Crews uh, for the rest of, for, well, for the foreseeable future. But uh, you gave uh, the three NXT girls the benefit of the doubt. No, no, man. Uh, it, it, I, I didn't say that. It's just that uh, the three girls When they debuted They were immediately In the whole gang warfare story yeah, but, yeah. So that gave them The chance to um, Build a story From scratch oh. And then make themselves relevant Whereas the Apollo He was just introduced first But we didn't get A it? promo where He goes I'm Apollo Cruz. This is where I'm from This is what I do Unlike the Adam Rose For example Where he had vignettes I'm a party boy I'm all about having a good time Or Bo Dallas I'm three, a motivational speaker And all that The three horsewomen Didn't get that Same Privilege either they, they were just introduced as, you know, as new playmates. But in the backdrop of a story that centered around, you know, a revolution. And sure, there was like sure. But a all the same, established. They, what, I don't see the difference between that, uh, with, between that scenario and what Apollo Crews is doing now. Say he, he's also starting from scratch. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say he doesn't have room to grow. I mean, I, I was watching as someone who admittedly does not watch a lot of NXT. Sure. And I've only seen a couple of... Uh, Takeovers with Apollo Crews in it. It felt like to me they were just putting him in an exhibition match, yeah, more yeah. like it. I mean, usually Raw after Mania, you know, they set up new storylines. Even Enzo and Cass got uh, a starting feud with the Dudley mm. Boys, you know. But with Apollo Crews, he kind of just walked out. I'm Apollo Crews. I'll and slap I'm here. you. Yeah. I'll... Does he have a feud with Greg back now? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I would set up it. I've been seeing Apollo versus. Oh, no, never mind. No, no, no I, I, I think that was from my review where I kind of compared. No, no, it to no, 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 no. I've, I've seen people say, "Oh, I can't wait for Apollo versus Ryback." Probably just because of their sizes and sure, you know, okay. si- similar looks and shit. But wala, uh, wala So there is no story. Uh, no, I'm saying uh, yeah, wala story again. But uh, who's to say that there can't be no story next week? It's yeah. just strange how they. Didn't no, 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 it's just, take the chance to like yeah, sure, put him no, in a story for you know. I get that. It's just strange that you jumped the gun on, on presuming that this um, Apollo Cruz isn't getting uh, any favors for the for rest of the foreseeable future. That's just a no. Let's, let's all wait and see what, where where it goes from here. Did his character go past more than just well, a smiley athletic freak in the next? No, team? because they hadn't had the time to yeah. to make him evolve. Because we were all thinking that Apollo would be the next number one contender if Joe were to win yeah. the NXT title, but mm. obviously that didn't happen. Mm. And now that Apollo is moving up to the main roster, I think he'll just finish up on NXT before finally settling in on Raw or SmackDown. I mean, it seems kind of bland to me. I mean, I'm just. No, sure. No, I feel the same way. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the issue. Of all the characters who debuted on uh, uh, on Raw, he was the one who needed the most uh, backing in terms of story. True. Because Enzo and Cass, he had that, their, their long history in NXT. Right? Uh, Baron Corbin, you had WrestleMania to build off of. Mm-hmm. So even for the casual fans, they know that this is the guy who came out of nowhere to win the Battle Royal. Yeah. Right? Uh, the VOD villains, uh, well, they haven't really done much either, but they're debuting on SmackDown. Yeah. And I haven't seen that debut yet, so I can't say anything. Anything. Uh, so out of the three, out of the three acts, si Apollo lang talagang parang okay. So he yeah, came but from this NXT. is just one one night. 
How do you know that it's going to be the same way next week? I'll, I could be wrong for sure, but let's find out when we get there. Okay, uh, you know, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not close-minded as to like, you know, uh, um, not suspend any any disbelief or whatever, or or, or not hold out hope. Nah, they're not going to screw Apollo Crews up because mm. in in the first place, there's not much to screw up. Yeah, okay. he's just a big athletic dude who smiles a lot. It, it's very simple. It is just a little strange though how they had. The pattern with the other NXT guys like Baron Corbin, yeah. Enzo and Cass, they introduced them right after Mania with storylines, with feuds, but with uh, Apollo Crews, he didn't really get anything. I mean, wonder I if like, that's just uh, a conscious decision. That, that, actually, the Apollo Crews call-up is super out of that field, so I'm guessing it's... Um, we don't have the full story yet. Maybe we will by tomorrow or by later when the Observer newsletter finds some dirt on it and throws some dirt on it. But I have a feeling that he was like a really last-minute decision. Um, I don't know why, because they call up a lot of people. But um, for some reason, they decided to bring him in. Maybe Vince saw him and and said, "Oh, this guy's big. Why don't we get him on Raw? He's. You mean this guy's big and he can fly?" I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a, a last-minute call-up, right? But I'll just say it's weird, no. I guess, yeah. Because um, going back to what Renzo said, his NXT arc hadn't been fleshed out. Eh. Yeah. Parang uh, hindi patapos. Unlike Sami Zayn, when he got called up, we kind of knew that was gonna happen. Because there was really nothing else for him to do on NXT. Well, Baron Corbin has a lot to do. And then he, you know. Yeah. Wasn't he like supposed to feud with Austin Aries? Or something? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm guessing that's continuing for a while. But all the same, parang it's not necessarily in it. You don't necessarily have to exhaust all your options down there before you get called up. Do you think that with with these onslaught of call with this onslaught of call ups, nagmama daliing WWE? Did you get that vibe? Yeah, well, mostly because um, I knew they had to do something of all from all the injuries they were doing. Uh, Anthony had the right idea when he said, "Oh, maybe they called up Apollo because uh, for one, Titus is out, but he's coming back soon. Neville is down with an injury, so why not merge the two? You we mean get, we can get Titus and Neville in one? <laughs> no, uh, that's a good idea. But the uh, question on my end, when Anthony brought that up, yeah. was how do you um, how do you make space for all the guys who end up coming back? You'll end up getting yeah, yeah, a crowded yeah, yeah. roster, assuming that they're all healthy when that time happens. Either well, again, um, all bubbles are are due to burst. So either you don't make space, or you just cut the chaff. You know, you, you send them packing, or brand split. Or brand yeah, split. or the or the brand split, or um, send them back down to NXT. True. Speaking of sending them packing, we got to talk about Wade Barrett oh. and uh, how that RAW could have very well been his last WWE appearance. Yeah. So they wrote him out of the League of Nations. Uh, he was one who took the pinfall against the New Day in a tag title match. Uh, then Sheamus points him out as the weakest link. Oh. He hits him with the pro kick, and then uh, as Barrett is thrown out of the ring, he's just watching idly at ringside as the White family <laughs> demolishes the League of Nations. <laughs> he sent out a tweet actually. Uh, Barrett sent out a. Tweet where it said uh, R.I.P. the lads yes. it wasn't fun while it lasted and I'm yeah. just like man it really wasn't <laughs> uh, him, I, wonder, I wonder if that was an out of character no I think it was yeah, in it character, was, it was in character pretty sure so. it was in character um, I like the league when it started because that was the time oh. when Sheamus was the world champion mm-hmm. but then when they became secondary characters to the authority I could still accept that and then they completely got lost in the shuffle um, I thought it was a great attempt to, uh, at relevance when they were pushed to the tag team title feud. But then after that, um, we, we just saw them lose and lose and lose against a new day. Yeah. Who do you cheer for against uh, between them and the Wyatts? 
Oh, the Wyatts for sure. That's gonna be weird though. Yeah, it's gonna oh, be so. Wait, sorry, weird. the Wyatts and the league, 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 right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Why would there be? I mean, why would you cheer League of Nations? That's true. That's true. But it, but at the same time, why would you really cheer the Wyatts? Yeah, especially after how um, uh, they went <laughs> up against the Rock and Cena, yeah. right? Well, and I then, guess it's good for them because uh, they get some love. Even um, you know, they get some love just because. I guess. That, that's a. It's weird. But do you think it's gonna be a feud? Because I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I think so. What else are they gonna do? What else are the Wyatts gonna do? I don't know. Man, I just hope it's not going to be just another half-assed feud where they just end up getting losing again. Losing again. Probably going to be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're putting between a rock and a hard place. Either you you make the League of Nations keep losing, or you make the Wyatts keep losing. If the Wyatts lose against these jabronis, will they still have credibility? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, have you guys heard about what Vince thinks about? Bray Wyatt I No mean, no I have not um, I believe it was on Reddit I saw You know as a Falcon Arrow Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So What did he say was he, It said that Vince Thought that he was Building up Bray Wyatt Unintentionally As the next Undertaker What? And he kind of Didn't want that So he just Turned him into a character That made others look strong what? And it's weird I mean it's just It's I f- no, I thought Wait, this came from Falcon Arrow? Yeah, this came from Falcon Arrow, whose account is now deleted, by the way. Oh, shit. After, shit. after doing an AMA where he revealed so many things. Like, he called the Wait, Enzo Cast this? debut. This is on Reddit. He had a, he had just a, the other day? Just the other day, yeah. Jesus Christ. Check it out. There's, there's, so, much, there's so much stuff there going so some, on. I'm, I'm assuming somebody screencapped this for posterity. Oh, no, the thread's still up. His replies are all still up, but the he, account is deleted. Yeah, yeah, please link us later. Yeah, I'll link you guys later. Damn, Gene. Ah. Man. Wait, okay. think that's weird to me because uh, I thought that making Bray Wyatt the next Undertaker would be such a Vince thing to do. Yeah, I mean, uh, making Roman Reigns John Cena 2.0. Not necessarily John Cena 2.0, but uh, you know, you you get the point. That's the blueprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I must see this AMA. So, uh, while we try to look for that uh, later on, it's probably happen after recording Vince. Uh, People are saying that Falcon Arrow is either Kevin Owens or Emma. No, no, no (laughs) way. Because someone asked him, like, hey, um, how pissed was your dad when he found out you threw that uh, that glass? Because there's a story Mm -hmm. wherein he was playing with his toys. Kevin Owens was playing with his wrestling toys. And he wasn't satisfied with just the audio clip of Steve Austin's entrance. So he got one of his parents' glasses and just threw it against the wall. <laughs> and he was like, what, around 14, 15? So he's still, like, you know, of age to know that that's not a good decision. And so it's just a nice... Uh, no, I, don't think it, I don't, I don't think uh, Falcon Arrow will be one of the boys because... Um, it's too risky. It's, it is it's too, too risky. risky. And I don't think... Um, with some of the things he knows, I don't think any of the boys would be that high, high up. up in the hierarchy True. to know everything that Falcon Arrow knows. He's either Vince or Kevin Dunn. Why would Vince do that, though? And why would Kevin Dunn do that? <laughs> I don't think Vince no, knows how Vince, to use Reddit. Vince might not know a lot about the internet, but more and more I've noticed that he, he knows how to play the, the dirt sheets. Yeah, we he, saw that with uh, the Nakamura signing. The Nakamura the signing. style signing. Tommy Dreamer being in the Sting's armbar, right? retirement. Yes, mm. I think that's... That's, uh, that's the biggest giveaway. And, oh, shit, they know how to play us now. Yeah. I, uh, it's a different era, and they have to adapt. And it's, I guess, nice. Nah, you know, they're adapting. They're not trying to find well, different amusing, ways to sure, surprise yeah. us. It's <laughs> amusing to me. I'm not sure how nice it is because it's all confusing now. But it's amusing that they figured it out. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's nice because now the element of surprise is back. Especially if you're, if you're jaded, yes, if you're a yes. jaded fan, or if you always have your smart goggles on, then the element of surprise is no longer yeah, but there. But it's also not surprising when. It, but you know Falcon Arrow gets it right, although he just he leaves a tiny bit of suspense. 
a tiny bit of suspense is still suspense. Yeah, exactly. Pero to yeah. me, at least. I mean, I'd rather have no. the tiny bit of suspense rather than seeing that, oh, I know John Cena is going to defeat Ryback. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Diba? No, Falcon Arrow because um, either sometimes he leaves a tiny bit of suspense, but then there are other, there are also other times that he gives stuff away. Oh yeah, like, he flat out said that there was going to be a fatal four way yeah, for right? for Raw, and he got it right. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Somebody, I bet somebody found him out now. Or maybe he thought that he was flying too close to the sun, and then just that, decided that to kill it true, you know, yeah. before it got any worse. It may though. Who? If I were him, why, why would I think that's that was a good pre- idea? Yeah, it's pretty much inviting everyone to just ask him the juiciest questions. And ex- ex- exactly. Um, speaking of questions, you know, I, I want to uh, I, I get to the big question that we, we set out to answer even before we, we yes, started recording. Okay. So we've, uh, we've lauded this week's Raw and talked about how it exceeded expectations okay. for the most part. Yeah. And how it was basically good. A, a great, great episode of Monday Night Raw. And how could, how could WWE let this happen? Considering that Raw After Mania ended up stealing the show from WrestleMania, how could, how could this happen? Um, in the Raw review I wrote uh, for Smart Henry, I, I wrote that it doesn't matter. Because uh, it, it does matter and it doesn't. It doesn't because WrestleMania is largely for the casuals, it's for the mainstream audiences. Um, the, the mainstream news outlets and press people got their fill of mainstream news, like Shaquille O'Neal being there, The Rock being there, The Legends appearance, all that shit. They got that. Let's talk, let's talk about this real quick. Um, even though you can fall back to the excuse now, WrestleMania is for casuals and you know people who aren't um, as savvy with the product. As we are, admittedly. Yeah. There's all, but that doesn't mean that there's no expectation of good booking. You know what I'm saying? It, yes. Um, it I doesn't don't, excuse I don't believe, them from bad booking. I yeah. don't believe good booking and playing to the casual fans is mutually exclusive. No, and and I agree. I agree with that. Um, and we can't always fall back to this. Um, we have to. We also have to, you know, dissect the booking as though it's it was still you know. Up, um, you know, operation as usual. I, I guess just to finish my point, uh, uh, you know, in contrast to WrestleMania, Raw after Mania is targeted towards people like yeah. us. About people, everyone, everyone knows this. Yeah, yeah. People who uh, follow NXT, people who read the dirt sheets, all that shit. Which is why we got what we got. So, in a nutshell, I guess that's my way of rationalizing the entire situation. Which, to Rose's point, doesn't excuse WWE from booking oh, things in an I'm, awkward manner. But I'm, okay, you do you mean to tell me that League of Nations going over? Uh, the new day wasn't, or you know, was a casual fan move. I think based on just their entrance alone, any casual fan would have wanted those guys to win. The guys in the Dragon Ball outfits. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. You, you're telling me that's a casual fan move, but you know, it, it's not. You know, everything is not an A. Like I think if you really wanted the, you know, the Steve Austin thing to happen, uh, you know, the Legends thing to happen after the match, it could have still happened had the new day won. Oh, you know, how so? Like, how would you... Like, I don't know. Uh, have the New Day win, then, you know, the boys, the lads get angry. They come back in and beat them up. And then that's when the legends come down. Hey, you get your moment. Yeah, but, you know, like, uh, like we said when we did the Mania podcast, it, it was Mema. But that was after, you know, parang... It Mema Mema when we tried to process it. If Mema Mema, why not just have it uh, come after a moment people wanted to see? Like, the New Day winning. It's, it's things like that. Eh? Are you telling me that... Um, Charlotte was a casual fan move. Charlotte winning the championship? No, I don't think so. Exactly. Because if they really wanted the casual thing, they would have given it the, the most Sasha. transcendent 
uh, player there, which is Sasha Banks. Banks. Which is weird. So you can't really come back and you know fall on the everything is a casual fan thing at WrestleMania. So what's your take on this? Like how how would you rationalize it? Because you I gave mine, you shot it down. How would you rationalize it? I didn't shoot it down. Away. I'm just saying that. It's not something you can. No, no, it's not wrong because WrestleMania is for the casual fan. It's just, it's just not something you can rely on if you're trying to justify what happened. Uh, what I think is really more of, it's my night, damn it! So I'm gonna do whatever I want to do. Vince wants, you know, what whatever Vince wanted, he got at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so, so this is. L- let me let me set this theme up because I. The way that he gave Shane control of Raw uh. was throwing him a bone, right? And kind of throwing the fans a bone. So in the process, uh, having Shane make, make, uh, making Shane look like he gave us everything we wanted was also them throwing us the bone. So uh, one, I found that problematic because it negated their entire storyline for the last two months. Oh, here's the thing. All right, here's where I come in again. Uh, that little segment was more nuanced than people think, but only because uh, here's another issue. Um, we don't want to give as much credit to WWE whenever they do something right anymore. Um, the way I saw that segment is okay. It does look like that uh, they threw away everything that just happened for the past three months or past couple of, past month, I guess. But it was. You know, Vince giving Shane Raw was uh, a dick measuring move. Temporarily, too. Yeah. yeah. It was a dick measuring move because he couldn't stand the fact that Shane was able to gain sympathy one more time by being the humble loser. Yeah, he literally said, I'm, I'm not going to be upstaged. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that is not exactly throwing him, in a bone, throwing him a bone just because he wants to throw him a bone. It's just him trying to assert his power again. It's and the characters, you yeah, know. That, that is more. That's a lot of nuance. That's a lot of nuance that um, a lot of people don't also get because they're also they're just all about the hot takes. But uh, I understand where you can see, where you might see that it's throwing everything away. So let's go back to your point. Now, um, this is a situation where we fail to recognize what WWE is doing right when they're actually doing something right, right? Uh, That's status quo, and it's symptomatic of the larger point. Yeah, it is. No, I'm not denying that. Yeah, it's symptomatic of the larger point. Now they often get it wrong when they should be getting it right. Yes, because there are obvious choices, obvious wrongs, and obvious rights, and they go with the obvious wrongs. So um, that makes people like us jaded, Uh and that's why we fail to give them credit and to recognize that shit. Which is why we're debating the fact now. Okay, why are they saving everything for TV when they should be, you know, dapat balik tad. Yeah. You're, you're supposed to give shit away that you can give away on, on TV and then save all the good stuff for the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't I answer admit the question. Some of, it is, uh, no, is, some of it is bound by circumstance. Like, okay, with this much NXT call-ups, you can't exactly shoehorn all of them at WrestleMania. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, no, the most you can do is to put them all in Triple H's entrance. Yeah, which happened. <laughs> But I'm like, um, you know, um, why didn't we? If Cesaro was good to go, why wait for Monday Night Raw to bring Cesaro out? You know what I'm saying? No, I get that. Because see, Sami Zayn, they brought him in what? Uh, three yeah, weeks exactly. before Mania? Yeah. So they had three weeks to basically introduce Sami Zayn to everybody who watches Raw and then make him important in time for WrestleMania. Yeah. 
uh, couldn't Cesaro have gotten his payday? I get that, but then again, you could say the same thing about Sheamus last year. Because uh-huh. before Sheamus returned uh, uh, during last year's Raw after Mania, he was already healthy. Mm-hmm. He was doing access. He was doing uh, the WrestleMania weekend tour uh, right before the Raw after Mania. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a certain shock factor or shock value that they didn't want to compromise for Raw after sure, Mania. Sure, there is. There is as shallow as that sounded. There's just that expectation now that it's the, it's the Raw after Mania. This shit has to happen. So they, uh, they couldn't blow their load at WrestleMania either. But I guess what my, main, my bigger problem is, why save all the good booking decisions for Raw after Mania? I think it's more that Vince is just plain oblivious. I mean, I, I've been reading up a lot about you know insider folks at WWE and how... They see Vince and people keep asking them, oh, is Vince really this oblivious when it comes to booking and what the fans want? And they go, yeah, he really is. Like, he keeps pushing for what he wants. So I think it's more that, you know, Vince just books the way he does. And we're seeing it as fans and we're seeing right, it as right, people right. Who, who watch the show and kind of know more or less what they should be doing right. and what they shouldn't be doing. So we're viewing the booking and, and the decisions from a fan's perspective while Vince is just viewing it from, oh, I just want to do this. Right. So, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to dissect and, and, and kind of hard to determine what's good or what's bad because our definition for what's good and what's bad is completely different from what's coming from the big boss, I guess. And w- when you lay that out, um, that's something everyone uh, knows. When, so when you consider that, it, begs, it leads us to wonder who booked the Raw After Mania show. That doesn't that everything almost everything that happened, maybe save for the Apollo Cruz thing, almost everything that happened doesn't scream Vince McMahon. You know but, what I'm saying? But I'm pretty sure that it's still Vince. Like it still went through him. Yeah, but it still gets final say. But how you know, that's a weird thing. How does this happen on WrestleMania, which is one hundred percent Vince? And then how does this happen on Raw, which doesn't sound like Vince? Is this the first time, or at least the first instance in recent memory, now you have a show that does not that is booked in a way that does not scream Vince McMahon? Yeah, recent memory. Is it, yeah, is it really? Because I like I, I, I'd like to think back. Well, to, say Money in the Bank 2011. Sure, that didn't sound like Vince McMahon. Yeah. You had Daniel Bryan winning Money in the Bank. You had CM Punk winning against John Cena and hijacking the title. Those didn't sound like Vince McMahon things. Hmm. So. Um, I, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is Why are we making such a big deal out of this right now? Because it's it's an, it, it's, I think it's, it's, it's because It's something that's instinctively Not gonna last You know I mean we feel like it's not gonna last Like the quality of Raw's moving forward Will not be at par with this one Yeah because you know We've been, we've been taught by history That these things are fluctuating, are in flux. I mean, I was watching Raw again, I was just, you know, scanning over it. And people are saying it's a great Raw. I mean, it was a good Raw. It was not a bad Raw. But then it just felt kind of messy to me how they did it. It felt like they've become self-aware and they were going, oh, it's the Raw After Mania, guys. It's going to be crazy. Uh, we're that, gonna, that's a good point. We're going to book point. a lot of these, you know, indie favorites and NXT favorites. And we're going to make AJ Styles win. It's going to be crazy. It, it felt more like they were pushing... The, I guess they're trying to be meta. I guess I mean yeah. it's not like they're being meta, but then and that's another thing that's weird to me. They still did it sloppily though, like with with giving Shane control of Raw. Okay, you get to control Raw, but then he just shows up what for like fifteen seconds for the next two hours in backstage, you know, promos and stuff. It just didn't feel like it was very properly packaged. All right, so 
with all of that being said, let's try to look at these NXT call-ups and you know the returns and see which ones flame out and which ones it will pan out well. Because admittedly, for every class of call-ups or every class of debuts, there will be success stories and then there will be failures. For example, the 2014 class had Bo Dallas. Tama, right? Yeah, Bo Dallas was there. 2013, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2014 class. Ay, tama right? No, sorry. 2014 class was Adam Rose, Paige, Rusev. Hmm. And I'm forgetting someone else. Uh, Paige is on and off. Adam Rose is... Emma. Oh, Emma. Thank you. Emma is also on and off. Well, he's, she's on now. Their main roster? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Emma is, but then... I mean, sorry. I know Adam Rose is and then Paige and everything, but then I haven't but seen They all Emma came from anymore. NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Emma, Emma came from NXT, got on the main roster the same year that Paige, Adam Rose, and Rusev did. Wow. Rusev was on for a really long time. Yeah. And after he lost the title to John Cena uh, at WrestleMania 31, uh, he slowly went down the card. Right? So it's, it's very inconsistent, but there are some surefire successes and some surefire failures, like the Ascension from later uh, that year. So looking at this class... Who do you think will likely flame out and who do you think will likely have a sustainable run? The Vaude villains are going to flame out, for sure. Um, I don't think the gimmick is going to translate well to the main roster, especially when you have uh, bookers who don't commit to anything. And that gimmick requires a lot of commitment. And then... As for the rest, um, wait now. Let, let's stick with the vaude villains for a while because oh, I've, I've wanted to talk about them. See, see. Uh, I feel the same way, but um, I'm I'm gonna have to add the argument of look and size. Yeah, because okay, they don't sure. they don't have the traditional WWE look and size, and I think it's a, that. But it's a tag team, so it's fine. And it comes with a gimmick, I think. I mean, they look like a bunch of brawlers from the fifties. You know, yeah, put but, them up. but the Aiden English is real thin, and Simon Gotch looks Aiden funny. Aiden English is not real thin. Aiden English is real thin compared to say Ryback or no, Apollo. He's not, he's the tights don't help. Yeah, the tights don't. <laughs> but say, uh, uh, he looks really scrawny. No, he does not look scrawny. He's, he's probably not scrawny in real life, but in TV he does look scrawny. If you comp- even if you compare him to Daniel Bryan, yeah, he's ripped. Pero payat pa rin yung Sure, niya. sure. Yeah, so so but so is Cesaro. No, Cesaro, I know Cesaro has, is bigger. He has he has more mass. Pero they have the same body type. It's just that Aiden English is smaller. I'm trying to okay. Uh, l- let's assume that we're looking at the vaude villains from the eyes of Vince McMahon. Oh, right? okay, fine. Okay, so if I see a guy like Cesaro, I might believe that he has a small chance of being world champion. Okay, I look at English and Gotch. They have no chance in hell at being world champions. But well, they don't have to be world champions. <laughs> no, the, the point is their their uh, their ceiling for success is very very low. Okay. So I, the reason I brought that size argument up is just to add to your point because um, traditionally history will tell us that guys like them will probably not last long as relevant players. So there. So that's that's my take on the vaude villains. But say someone like Baron Corbin, on the other hand, I think will have a lengthy run. Just because he has a look and he has size, and he he's coming into his own with his swagger as a heel, nah, uh, it, it really fits him, especially with his recent run on NXT as the indie hater, right? mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, what do you guys think about that? Like, what are his chances on the main roster? Uh, because of his size, I think he he's a, he has a decent chance, but he also has he also has um, a likelihood that he's gonna flame out like Rusev. Why? It just is. Um, He's not transcendent, I believe. Actually, I have to agree because then I was watching his match with Ziggler and he cut a promo, I think, beforehand. Yeah, yeah he cut a promo, right? And it didn't, it felt kind of dragging. I mean, it didn't seem like a lot of people were very invested in it. And the way the match was happening, it just didn't seem like the crowd was going 
with Baron, and it was a pretty smarky crowd to to, to begin with. And I mean, I I, I kind of see him fizzling out the same way Rusev did, but then but Rusev is better. <laughs> yeah, Rusev yeah. is much better than Baron Corbin. True, true. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna argue against that point. Um, could it be though? Nah, the reason why he got booed more than, or that the crowd wasn't as receptive as you thought they would be towards Corbin, is because it was it was a smarky crowd, and then he indie hater ngayon gimmick niya, so they're likelier to shit on him for real instead of giving him the heat that he was trying to get. I guess, but then it still wouldn't make sense because then you know, I mean, if if. He's one of the NXT call-ups. I mean, a smarky crowd would support yeah, an NXT true. call-up either way. I mean, they wouldn't go straight to just shunning him. So, based on just based on how the way, the way the crowd reacted to him, it doesn't seem like Baron is going very far. All right, um, he has to do a lot of improving. But I mean, like um, that guy is a rush call-up. I mean, I, I felt like he didn't exhaust all his options down at NXT. And well, he's gonna have to sink or swim. I would have wanted to see a Baron Corbin NXT title run, sure, just to yeah, see yeah. how he would how he would swim with the bigger fishes. I mean, sure, he kind of hung with Samoa Joe. Sure, he looked decent against Austin Aries. But you know, I I thought that they could have done more with him. I, I agree. Um, I do think that Enzo and Cass will make it big. Like if I had to put my money on any of these call ups, I'd put most, if not all, of it on them. The only thing stopping Enzo and Cass is Vince's whims. Um, they're hot for sure. Um, I just wish, I just hope that Vince continues to see them as a hot act that requires um, requires attention. I think if you put Enzo and Cass up against New Day, I mean, just based on promos alone, they're just absolutely going to kill it mm. and they're going to go over. And I'm actually going to say that I feel like the VOD villains may have a bigger chance as big a chance as Enzo and Cass if they are up against the New Day as well because then there's so much you can bounce off with them and so many opportunities for hilarious segments or just great matches if you put them all in the mix I remember before uh, I'm not sure if we talked about this on the podcast or in one of our private chats nah. Enzo and Cass have a great gimmick they, they've got a great shtick but uh, once they come out there and do this, the things they were doing at NXT on the main roster, it might not translate as well. And then seeing them do their thing at Roadblock, no, first at uh, Takeover Brooklyn, and then at Roadblock, and then on Monday Night Raw, no, wala yung fear niya, yung doubt. Because I could see that their act translated well, particularly because Enzo Amore and Cass's uh, Cass's um, self intro works for casual fans. Because if you're a mainstream fan who's never seen these guys before, it's a quick intro to who they are and what their characters are about. And then if you've been following them since NXT, you instantly want to chant along because you've memorized the entire damn script. Here's our problem. They're going to have to they're going to have to change up the promo somewhere down the line. Because the the good thing about NXT is that they didn't have to come on every week and say the same promo. But if they're going to be on raw that means every week, and then maybe on SmackDown, two times a week, they're going to say the same things, and eventually people are going to tire out. Like, there's only so many times you can say, you know, the, the usual stuff. There's only so many times you can spell s- soft. Yeah. No, um, I think dito papasok yung pagtimpla nila sa crowd. Like, yeah. how will they be able to uh, feel out every crowd that, that uh, they perform in front of, and how do they pick which material to bust out? But I do like na they've got an instant opponent 
uh, in the Dudleys, which gives them material to bounce yeah. off of them. Agad agad, diba? Na, uh, yeah, they gave out their generic intro, but after that, Enzo had original material to, to follow that up with. Okay. So, um, based on that alone, I think uh, it, it's a good sign, at least for now, for, for Enzo and Cass. Yeah, it's more, it feels more to me like an OBBCBB of their. Of yeah. their promo more than just you know that's all they're gonna do i mean it's just like they're gonna open it with that and then go crazy in the middle of it for the actual promo and then just close it off with say, um on nxc i said they usually just say just that say that oh they just say that yeah, yeah they okay. just say that and before they very go rarely on. do they go off script oh okay, okay. nxt well if they're cutting a promo then sure yes but yeah. when they come down for the masters they just say that yeah because when they were on Raw, you had the whole, you know, I got a mic saber for a hater, and I got a couple of haters, and it, and it worked so well. I actually thought that's what they usually do no, in NXT. No, no, no. Okay. I wish that, I wish that was that a rarity. Um, I think a good peg would be the New Day. Because mm. the New Day have an OBBCBB. Yeah. yeah. Oh, insert place here. Mm. Don't you dare be sour. And then New Day rocks or but New but Day yeah, sucks. At least yeah. yun, yun lang yun, diba? No, no. Diba? Uh, even when Xavier has something to say, it's in between. Yeah. So you had an OBB and CBB So um, even if you get tired of it There is some fresh material in between yeah. So the New Day would be a great peg For these guys in terms of promos um, Apollo Crews, we, we've spent enough time talking about him but, but, I, no, no, but I do think he'll go far He's got everything I think he has more charisma than Neville for sure mm-hmm. uh, Better speaking skills than Neville Which is already automatically a given I think he also has crossover appeal yeah. Among kids and adults Yeah, exactly Well Neville, not, well, I guess Neville, not so much. Yeah, you see, Neville, the way that they package him, not a comic book yeah. character, yeah. kids na mm-hmm. um, It's amazing that Kalisto, who was packaged the same way, has found that crossover appeal. Yeah, because of Luchador. I guess, and you know, everybody loves Luchador. Yeah, it's just yeah. fun to watch. So I'm, I'm happy though. Nessie Apollo has that going for him. You know, um, as much as I love Neville, uh, yung ceiling niya lumabas, mm. I would still put Neville. I mean, coming from someone who just watches Raw and sure, you know, uh, I would put Neville over Apollo Crews in terms of like ability and and appeal, mainly because introducing. I mean, when I was introduced to to Apollo Crews, you know, it just it was very bland. It was there was nothing there. But with Neville, you already have you know he's high flying. He's 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 quick. But then I guess with Apollo Crews, I guess I haven't seen much of what he can do, and he has more in his arsenal waiting for me. But then. In, right now, I would I would put Neville as more likable than Apollo Crews for sure. Um, we got to talk about AJ Styles again because uh, um, I guess the question I want to ask right now is: Is this going to be a one-off? Like you know how it is when there are popular baby faces who get a title shot or who get a run in the main event, regardless of whether or not they hold the title. Sometimes. In temporary, and you know that they're not going to hang around the main event scene for a long time. We kind of saw that with Daniel Bryan after um, his series with Randy Orton from 2013. When the Hell in a Cell match ended, you kind of figured that that was it for Daniel Bryan's main event run. But he got right. relegated to a feud with the Wyatts after mm-hmm. that. Is this the same thing for AJ Styles, or is this the first step towards a sustainable main event run? Based on what we saw, what, do you, what, what feel do you get out of it? Uh, I can't say anything based on what we saw. We'll just have to see what happens when they do meet uh, in the ring in their official match. Um, I we don't even know if it's for payback or just a random episode of Raw. That's true. That is a good question. But uh, we should assume it is for payback. I would assume. Yeah. Because yeah, like, why would you give it away on a random episode of Raw or, or SmackDown? I mean, they should know who they're dealing with. It's AJ Styles, mm. you know? I don't, think, I don't think that's enough of an explanation. That's the thing. I mean, as much... Uh, I'm, 
I'm not a hardcore AJ mm-hmm. Styles fan, but I recognize uh, his status. Recognize, yeah. right? So um, I'm not sure the people who make these decisions do the same. Uh, recognize it the same way. I, I guess that's that's the the point I'm trying to make. So um, there's a part of me that's skeptical. Nah, this is probably not going to last. Um, I just wouldn't expect. Um, obviously, it's more like a flavor of the month thing. You could already see. It. I mean, if if you know how Vince treats his indie guys, then you can have um, a realistic expectation of them. And right now, I realistically expect that AJ Styles gets a one and done. Um, if it mean if if he ever gets you know a, a more sustained few down the line, then that, that would be a pleasant surprise for me. All right. Um, as for uh, uh, Cesaro. Will Cesaro ever get the momentum that you know that that he lost? Will I he, think he ever will. be able to get that back? I think he will. I think he really had a good start, even I mean, though it's the Raw after Mania crowd. I think he got a good start. Was the Fatal Four Way kind of Vince's way of testing the waters? I guess I would say so, right? Because part of it is the believability that this guy can hang in a number one contenders match, yeah. which is basically the territory he swam in right before he got injured, mm. right? Um, is there any skeptical belief na minadali na yung pagbalik niya from injury? Like, no, I don't are, think so. I are, think, are there rumors that he's not 100%? I wouldn't say so. I think it was not that bad of an injury. When was he out anyway? Uh, November. And then they, Around the same time oh, as Rollins, right? They put his timetable at four to six months. Oh, so, it's four to six months? Yeah, it's, it's fi- uh, month number five or six by now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's a beast. I think he's a genetic freak. So you've seen his strength. Oh yeah, oh, for lift, sure. Lifted big show up. Exactly. Right? Yep. So yep. I, I would not put this beyond the realm of possibility. All right. Uh, are we gonna do picks of, picks of the week, Baba? Should I want we? Want to? Uh, is there anything else about Raw after Mania you guys want to talk about? I'm good. I think we've covered all the bases. Just as a side note, I found it hilarious how. Much they were trying to cover the smarky crowd with JBL just going, they're just having fun, cheering for F- people they usually boo, They do that every time. Fuck, fuck the smarky crowd, though. <laughs> have, you seen, have you heard about Beach Ball Guy? No, no, I have oh, not. Yeah, there was a guy throwing around a beach yeah, ball. Yeah, right? there was a guy throwing around a beach ball. Are you serious? Yes, yeah, super crowd, yeah. serious. And like he, but, um, he was complaining, uh, he got kicked out. Yeah. He got kicked out. And then when he said, uh, when he tweeted, he said, uh, it's okay, at least I got my beach ball over. Like, fuck you, man. <laughs> trying fuck to make it about you. him. No, that's just as bad as the guys at PWR exactly. shows trying to get no, themselves over. Throws, throws around a beach ball. Please don't get any ideas. Oh, why? No, fuck you. summer, <laughs> Yeah. Um, We're just being inspired by BJ Greg. Sorry, uh, thanks for uh, <laughs> saying summer. Now I remembered Summer Ray and Sasha Banks, how they had a bathroom break of a match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that, especially coming off WrestleMania, where you introduce the brand new women's championship and then you rebrand the Divas as no longer Divas, but as superstars as well? What do you think about the first women's match being a random three minuter? I thought it was just more. Like a way to set up Summer as an annoying heel and Sasha know, as a dominant. Was, yeah, I thought I thought it was a way to get Sasha's heat back. That's it. And uh, of course, you had that uh, ceremony where uh, Lita presented Charlotte with a new belt. That was strange. Why was that strange? Because it was Charlotte kind of dancing between the lines of face and heel. At the same time, she was trying to speak for all the women in the roster, but also she was a bad guy. It just felt like, and she tried to ride along with the chance of the audience and kind of got awkward a bit it's just the whole thing just kind of felt weird like in the same way 
Nikki Bella's acceptance speech for Diva of the Year at the Slammys felt weird because she was supposedly like Paige presented the award in character, but then Nikki was like, "No, no, no, Paige, stay here with me. This is for all the women out there." It's just like, so I'm not, I'm not sure. Are you in character? Or are you out of character? What is it? It's the same with Charlotte. She was being inspirational, but at the same time. She was also the heel in that situation with everyone there. I thought she was taking people on the ride. Like, I thought okay. she was in character as a heel the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now, when she was saying that this is for all of us, for all of us, she was going to recognize all the girls and show them respect. Mm-hmm. And then she'd bring you back down by saying, no, really, it's all about me. Mm-hmm. So I thought that she was just playing everybody. And I, and I thought that was great because it shows that Charlotte is understanding her role. She's understanding her character And she's coming into her own Which is great Because she used to be very static in my opinion mm. And it's nice to see her taking on this direction Which I'm very sure is heavily influenced by the fact that She's around her father a lot now And Ric Flair you know, there, there, uh, there are few people who can teach you better stuff Than the nature boy himself sure. What was suspect to me Was the fact that Brie Bella was nowhere to be found Because all the rumors heading into WrestleMania Were telling people that uh, Brie would finish up at the Raw after Mania So you would have expected that she would have a goodbye Or she would have one last match In which she'd go out on her back You know, something like that uh, Maybe Probably Yeah, I mean, just no mention of Brie Bella at all Throughout Raw So that was uh, weird to me I will say this though Not, Nothing about any of those pe- women you mentioned I will say this I think Lana's going to be better than we thought she would be not just because of her gear. Yeah, not just because of her gear. Based on her performance. Yeah, based on her performance. Have you seen how athletic she is? Yes, yes, I have. I think she's going to be better than we. Everyone gives her credit for. I mean, yes. like, now she's bad because obviously she's green, but I think there is a lot. Uh, you know, there's a high ceiling up there. I mean, even Bret Hart, uh, when he was talking about WrestleMania and his pod, he has a podcast, right? I mean, I was when is Bret? When did Bret Hart? I have no idea. Or uh, Bre- he was probably interviewed. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah Bre- I think he has a podcast. Or Bret Hart covered WrestleMania, I think. And then one of his mar- uh, one of his notes was that he was very impressed by the uh, the ten diva. Sorry, the ten women's tag team match. I mean, out of all the matches in the in the pre show, so that was a little strange. But then he was cynical for the entire oh, WrestleMania. So can I, can I, can I, I just really, say I can't really trust him? Sorry. Can I just say that this is going to be very weird if. Say any of us in this room ever get to interview a, a, a female superstar? Because what if in top of my opponent is, is to go? Uh, I'm interviewting WWE diva Paige, and then Helena Palayin and Brandy. You, you know how oh, awkward that is. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we'll get used to it. I hope. Yeah. I hope I so. We will. Sooner than later. And it's a mistake that I'm pretty sure they will excuse like for the first few. Oh, I mean, it's it's a natural mistake. Particularly if you're still calling them divas after a year, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you're not probably not watching anymore. I just wanted to bring that out because yeah, um, NXT came out already. Uh, I've already seen it it's mostly a recap show this week uh, save for the dark match between Apollo Crews and Elias Sampson that they they showed um, on NXT but they did debut Kathy Kelly who is the new uh, the new host slash wow. sideline reporter I guess she is very easy on the eyes and she's very pleasant uh, very pleasant personality is what I can say so um, people didn't like her though really? yeah that's what I, I heard I enjoyed I enjoyed her presence on screen well, and I didn't really care I'm uh, fast forward the whole obviously because I've seen TakeOver Dallas yeah. but you know I uh, Listening to her and you know watching her do her thing was uh, was okay. It's a sign of good things to come. I don't mean to stir anything, but I I, I saw a couple of rumors on Twitter uh, that said that WWE was interested in getting Lucha Underground's announcer. What's her name? Melissa Santos. Santos. Yeah, yeah, I saw go. that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't complain. It's except- weird though because um, Melissa Santos isn't. Announce in a traditional wrestling way. Yeah, that's true. True. So, so I, I, that's, that's gonna be weird if they. I'm I mean, gonna get her for the looks for sure. And uh, she is a wrestler. 
Mm. Uh, so you know she is a wrestler. She does act like she has an IMDb page. So mm. uh, maybe they could use her in a different capacity other than than ring announcer. And she was back. And she was backstage at WrestleMania. She was. Yeah. Oh, so it was okay. sexy star. I didn't know that. Yeah. I know about sexy, but not uh, Melissa. Melissa was with someone. I can't remember who. Anyway. Um, one last note on the ladies. Uh, you think Natty is going to get another feud with Charlotte this time over the title? Maybe it felt I, a little weird how she was the only—I mean, only one that stayed after the the coronation and everything. I mean, maybe I'm just favoring Paige more. But then, do people really like Natty? I mean, are you, all, are yes. you are you guys yeah, all for her push? I mean, yeah, yeah. Why not? I don't um, mind it. I'm, I enjoyed She's their match. Hand, no, yeah. no. I enjoyed yeah, their yeah. match takeover, the yeah, very first takeover, yeah. and I think that it was a good move to have the the veteran. Like I think she was the true veteran among all of them. Oh yeah, she was. She mm-hmm. had experience there, so yes. for her to be the one to stand up to Charlotte said a lot about the dynamics true. of the of the division. So it, it was a good move, I guess, to have Natty there in that role. So I'm cool with it. All right, um, we've come to the end of the podcast, and um, I don't know if you know this, but we always pick a match or a segment that is the most must-watch of the week. So, uh, do you want to include Takeover in WrestleMania? Because there's a lot of people if you do. Diana, if you include Takeover, Diana. Well, I don't mind uh, including WrestleMania. Fine. Uh, among WrestleMania and Raw, if you could pick like one match uh, as your pick of the week, what would it be? We'll just let you one? have it. Yeah, yeah, just one. Pick right. one. Your pick of the week. Match first, right? Yeah, yeah, a match. I would go for the women's triple threat at WrestleMania, for sure. Uh-huh. I mean, the more popular choice is Zayn Nakamura, but then, I mean, yeah, women's triple threat for sure. All right. I'll pick the, the main event, Field of Four Way. Uh-huh. Sorry if you were going to pick that. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> you know, that was a backup, but that's fine. Um, yeah. yeah. All the fun moments, you know. Cesaro coming back. AJ Styles winning the whole thing using the Styles Clash. Yeah, and, using, know, oh, winning oh, with it, this, which uh, people yeah. thought was buried. I know. I think I think they did that finish just to fuck with people. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> I thought so too. Because I was a little pissed off about how you know Jericho kicked out of it at Mania. I was just like, oh, are you serious? Like, I, I was pissed off, but I wasn't crying foul over it. I, I don't. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but you know, I'm, I I was upset, but mm, not yeah. to the point of me saying it's uh, wrong that like you shouldn't have done that. Like I'm gonna cancel my hypothetical WWE <laughs> Network subscription. Yeah, yeah. He's waiting for payback. Yeah, I'm waiting for payback. <laughs> oh, like the week of payback. Why? Reasons. Anyway, uh, my pick of the week would be the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship ladder match. Just because, you know, um, all, all, all the moments as well. Um, Zack Ryder's win, uh, seeing Zayn and Owens go at it with a ladder. Uh, even that huge Doing that drop. Spot again. Even that huge drop from uh, Sin Cara on oh, Stardust, uh, breaking the ladder in half. It gave me chills and uh, reminded me of Jeff Hardy and Edge from WrestleMania mm. 23. Mm. So that was that was scary good. Did you know, Bret Hart hated that match. Why? Hated the ladder Why match. He thought it was a spot fest. He, he thought it was yeah, it was, it was just a spot fest. There was a bastardization of the ladder match, and it was just it was a lot of a lot of the match was spent though resting. The other wrestlers were not active. It's just. I mean, that's another Reddit post I'll link you to. Okay, I mean, I, I hate to be—I I hate to be the guy to say this—but Bret Hart, welcome to 2016. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, Jim Ross as well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that brings us to the end of this week's SGP podcast. Uh, you can you can hit us up on Twitter if you want to chime in and let us know what you thought. Um, if you were also able to catch the wrestling gods, by the way, do let us know what you thought. We got some interesting tweets uh, and some interesting comments on Facebook about the wrestling gods. A lot of them from the guys who were kind of upset that The Walking Dead uh, got pushed back, but that's a different story altogether. Uh, <laughs> needless to say, <laughs> it was crappy finale, anyway. crappy finale anyway. 
Oh, really? I mean, it was good for the first... You guys watch Walking <laughs> no, Dead? No, I, I, don't I don't watch, watch Walking I mean, Dead. Spoiler-free for the people tuning in who ah, do see, watch see, Walking see, Dead. Sure, but sure. It was basically a 60... Sorry, 55-minute build-up to a five-minute cliffhanger ending, which was just I a cop I did hear out. about the cliffhanger it, Everyone's pissed. Everyone is pissed off. So, wala pala kayong namiss eh. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's fine. Let's address this right now. We have like a couple of minutes. It's not a long story no money. Here's the thing, Walking Dead fans who are not <laughs> listening to this podcast. Um, not to point fingers here, but it was Vince McMahon's fault. Okay? Uh, the people, the kind people at Fox did not know that WrestleMania was going over by like 45 minutes. Try 50. 51. 50. Uh, uh, they did not plan that at all. And their, their um, intended lineup was they were going to play the wrestling gods right after because they... Apparently, the WrestleMania broadcast was not going to be enough for like the full four hours, I think, or a full five hours. And then because um, they could not just switch around uh, their broadcast, their, their network schedule just like that, they had to retain the... the whatever schedule yeah, they had set up. Whatever they had scheduled. So that meant um, pushing The Walking Dead back. And it's that simple, really. Um, and it was just 12 minutes. But I, I get it. You're waiting for a show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there, there were people who were tweeting at us or commenting on the Fox Facebook page. Now, you know, I, I skipped work for this. I took a leave for this shit. So, well, so did we, motherfuckers. <laughs> this is horse crap. Uh, somebody get Negan to kill these guys. <laughs> and wait, he took a leave from work, so he had the entire day off. Oh. Like, he could have just waited 50 more minutes. But stream. Yeah, like if you were that salty about it. If you were... And you if know, you had internet access you're still watching you, TV shows on TV Yeah What the hell guys <laughs> what, 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 are you, what are you living in Welcome Wait now wait, Let's not bury Fox though no 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 no, no 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 It's not burying Fox It's burying You know People's viewing habits <laughs> But then again It was the Live telecast Of the 90 minute Walking Dead season finale Usually crazy shit happens But mm. We got fucked over They just Because we leave Yeah so You know uh, let, Let's be easy on Fox And <laughs> we got feelings Was it too, that bad? Man. Was it that bad? The backlash? Uh, it was funny. It was annoying. It was frustrating. Yeah, it's no, annoying we, and did, funny. We did hear now. Kind of immature. Know, we did hear that. Yeah, it was really immature. Jesus Christ, guys. Yeah, well, yeah you know, we, we heard basically every insult you could hurl at us, which wow. we kind of expected from the from the debut episode. Hmm. Except the debut episode came out and we didn't get a lot of flack for it. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, we, we just got people going, hey, finally a show for people like us. My mom was freaking out because I told them, I told her that I knew you just like you know them you know the wrestling <laughs> gods and I was like yeah they're okay they're not they're not that they're not that godly but yeah okay, man. <laughs> thanks Lindy yeah. so so uh, Thank uh, yeah thanks Lindy uh, so so yeah um what was I saying <laughs> yeah she was she was fangirling yeah, pretty good I mean you know but they push na appreciate na may kilala kang gods yeah so you know um we're sorry I guess but you know really we have nothing but, but, to apologize for yeah we personally have nothing to apologize for we did not fuck up yeah we're just sorry that you guys feel salty about it that's it you know because we had a great time Monday morning and if you guys felt uh, fucked over for a 12 minute delay I'm sorry, but I'm sorry for you. Because you're gonna live streaming to that, man. Yeah, you know, wala namang Walking Dead network, eh. 
So anyway, uh, Isn't before that, though, AMC. No, I'm, no I'm not sure. I'm not sure, man. Anyway, before we go on a full length rant, uh, uh, we're just gonna end the podcast right here. <laughs> we gotta thank our friends from PWR who are gearing up for a great month of April. We've got some shows lined up. I think the one that is making waves right now, though, is the April 23 show Yo. in Paranaque in the South. Yes, so it's in the dirty South for all of our Southerners. It's gonna be in BF. Uh, the exact location is on the event page, so you're likely to find it on the PWR Facebook page. So it's right there. Smack on top uh, Also thank you to The wonderful people here At Mellow 94.7 For always having us Thank, thank you, you Renzo for, Thank you, know, you guys uh, thank For you. having us uh, for, for joining us tonight I mean uh, I watch so many Wrestling videos When I'm not watching Raw or So I, I figured I gotta put this to you somehow <laughs> yeah, I should probably do this again Like when Kambas decides to be a corporate schmuck again. Yeah. <laughs> Sure and uh, thank you for continuing to subscribe, to download, to listen, and for pushing us up to number 37. Uh, it was just a whole lot of fun doing episode number 107 with, uh, for you. So on behalf of Renzo Magnaye, Ravishing Ro Moran, my name is Stunning Stancy. Thank you very much. We're out of here. Thank you. Peace. Thank you, thank you for listening to the SJP Podcast. To get more from the voice of the modern Filipino wrestling fan, Go to www.smarkhenry.ph. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.